Welcome to Love's Last Call with Evangelist Carol Ann of Agape Light Ministries. Please open your hearts to hear an anointed message that will encourage and empower you to walk in the love and light of God's Word. Beloved, in part one of Satan's deadly gospel of bait and switch, we laid the foundation of genuine salvation that is found in Jesus Christ the Lord alone, and the eternal life that is granted to the one who will believe and receive his promise of heaven's destiny. In part two, we will begin to address the many counterfeits that comprise Satan's forgery of the true gospel, in which he promises mankind good news, which is what the meaning of gospel is. But in the end, the deceived one who has believed his lies finds out that what was promised as good news was really eternal death wrapped in a masterful disguise, with the bottom line being an eternal life or death matter. We'll begin with liberal Christian theology, for this is the sad and even frightening state of affairs that has taken hold of the majority of what is known as the Church of Jesus Christ as it teeters on the precipice of its almost full-blown Laodicea condition. For no longer is the modern church of today the salt and light to a sin-darkened world. For they do not passionately proclaim any longer the unadulterated truth of salvation in Jesus Christ alone. And therefore, Satan has been given free reign to advance his many bait-and-switch counterfeits that are leading multitudes to their eternal demise. In a commentary written for GodQuestions.org, they give a clear explanation of what comprises the deadly liberal Christian theology movement. They write, In liberal Christian teaching, which is not Christian at all, man's reasoning is stressed and is treated as the final authority. Liberal theologians seek to reconcile Christianity with secular science and modern thinking. And I add here that the COVID debacle is a prime example of many who name themselves Christian, bowing their knee to science. In doing so, they treat science as all-knowing, and the Bible, at least for the most part, as fable-laden and false. The early chapters of Genesis are reduced to poetry or fantasy, having a message, but not one that is to be taken literally. In spite of Jesus having spoken of those early chapters in literal terms. In their watered-down Christianity, mankind is not seen as totally depraved, and thus liberal theologians have a very optimistic view of the future for humanity. The social gospel, which is based on the good works of man, is emphasized. Therefore, the need for a person to be saved from his sin and its penalty in hell is no longer the issue. The main thing now is how a person treats his fellow man and thus make for a better world for all. Love for our fellow man becomes the defining issue. By way of this man-centered reasoning, the following doctrines are some of the additional heresies that are taught by liberal quasi-Christian theologians. Number one, the Bible is not God-breathed and has errors. Because of this blasphemous and demonic lie, Man is in charge of determining which teachings are correct and which are not. 
And, again, I interject here, that this arrogance was first birthed in the Garden of Eden, when Lucifer told Adam and Eve that if they disobeyed the Creator, they could be like God, knowing good and evil. The liberal theologians also propagate that belief in the Bible, as being inspired by the Holy Spirit, is only held by simpletons. This directly contradicts 2 Timothy 3.16-17, where it is written, All Scripture is inspired by God and beneficial for teaching, for rebuke, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man or woman of God may be fully capable, equipped for every good work. And in 2 Peter 1.20-21, it is also written, But know this first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture becomes a matter of personal interpretation. For no prophecy was ever made by an act of human will, but men moved by the Holy Spirit. Number two, the virgin birth of Christ is a mythological false teaching. This demonic lie directly contradicts Isaiah 7.14, where it is written, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin will be with child and bear a son, and she will call him Emmanuel. And in Matthew 1, 18-25, we read, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man, and not wanting to disgrace her, desired to put her away secretly. But when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for that which has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus for it is he who will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place, that what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet might be fulfilled. Behold, the virgin shall be with child, and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. And Joseph arose from his sleep, and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and took her as his wife and kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Number three, Jesus did not rise from the grave in bodily form. This demonic lie contradicts the resurrection accounts in all four Gospels and the entire New Testament, which give credible evidence that Jesus did most certainly rise from the dead and appear to many of his disciples including Mary at the tomb, two men on the road to Emmaus, one of whom was named Cleopas, and the disciples in the upper room, including Thomas, who doubted until he saw and touched the wounds of Jesus. Number four, hell is not real. Liberal theology teaches that man is not lost in sin and is not doomed to some future judgment without a relationship with Jesus Christ through faith in his atoning work on the cross. Man, they say, is basically good and therefore can help himself. No sacrificial death by the Savior is necessary, since a loving God would never send people to such a horrible place as hell. 
However, in actuality, man sends himself to hell because of his rejection of the amazing grace truth that would save him. In Mark 9.48, Jesus confirms that there definitely is a hell and describes it as a place where their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. We come to understand the meaning of this phrase Jesus used when we learn that Jerusalem's ancient garbage dump, a place called Gehenna, was illustrative of the ceaseless agonies of hell. This dump was on the south side of Jerusalem, and in Old Testament times, children had been sacrificed to idols there. In Jesus' day, it was a place burning with constant fires to consume the waste that was thrown into it. The material burned there included everything from household trash to animal carcasses to the bodies of convicted criminals. Needless to say, the Jews considered Gehenna a cursed place of impurity and uncleanness. The word translated hell in Mark 9.43 is the Greek word Gehenna, which comes from the Hebrew name for a place called the Valley of Hinnom. Jesus uses this association to paint a vivid image of what hell is like. The Jewish people often associated the Valley of Hinnom with spiritual death and Gehenna as a place of suffering. In Mark 9.48, when Jesus says, Where their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched, he is quoting from Isaiah 66.24, where it is written, They will go out and look on the dead bodies of those who rebelled against me. The worms that eat them will not die. The fire that burns them will not be quenched. And they will be loathsome to all mankind. In both texts, the word translated as worm literally means grub or maggot. A maggot would have an obvious association with a dump like a henna, where dead bodies are thrown. However, the maggot Jesus speaks of will not die. Romans 6.23 instructs us that the wages of sin is death, and that spiritual death holds within it the destination of hell's abode as many other scriptures confirm. Only by being born again as a new creation, through repentance of one's sins, and complete trust in the blood of Jesus Christ and His atoning work on the cross alone, can a man or woman escape the terror of hell's punishment. By denying hell's existence, the liberal agents of darkness, who pose as ministers and theologians, are aiding the destroyer, by withholding the truth, and are leading many to their eternal demise, which holds within it a forever apart from the God of love, who gave his everything to ensure that they would not have to die, but live. 6. Most of the human authors of the Bible are not who they are traditionally believed to be. For instance, in their scriptural ignorance and prideful unbelief, the liberal theologians teach that Moses did not write the first five books of the Bible, and also suggest that the book of Daniel had two authors. They arrive at this false conclusion by suggesting that there is no way that the detailed prophecies of the later chapters could have been known ahead of time. So, they must have been written after the fact. This same erroneous thinking is carried over to the New Testament books as well. 
These darkened ideas contradict not only the Holy Scriptures, but historical documents as well, which verify the existence of the people who the liberals deny, and that their testimonies were valid and true, as every prophecy ever made up into the last ones which are being fulfilled even now were fulfilled and documented with 100% accuracy. Number seven, the most important thing for man to do is to love his neighbor. While God's commandment does include the love of neighbor, chapter 22 of Matthew confirms that this takes second place to God's greatest commandment. For in verses 34 to 40, it is written, But when the Pharisees heard that he had put the Sadducees to silence, they gathered themselves together, and one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and foremost commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend the whole law and the prophets. We cannot love our neighbor as ourselves until and unless we have been made one with the Savior who is love. We love because He first loved us, and love apart from Him is not love at all, but merely a shoddy replica. In conclusion, there are many pronouncements of Scripture against those who would deny the deity of Jesus Christ, which liberal Christianity does. Scripture also denounces those who would preach a different gospel from what was preached by the apostles, which is also what the liberal theologians do in denying the necessity of Christ's atoning death and preaching a social gospel that elevates the good works of man in its place. The Bible condemns those who call good evil and evil good, which the liberal churches also do, by embracing homosexuality as an alternative lifestyle, while the Bible condemns its practice and beckons the defiled one to repent and be renewed in new birth, salvation, redemption. Scripture also speaks against those who cry out, Peace, peace, when there is no peace which liberal theologians do by saying that man can attain peace with God apart from the Prince of Peace, who shed his own sinless and priceless blood to atone for the sins of mankind. Without that sacred sacrifice being applied to a man or woman's account, they will face a future judgment before the throne of God, with no peace ever to be found for all eternity. 2 Timothy 3.5 warns of a time when men will have a form of godliness but will deny its power. And, beloved, we have surely reached that time. In 2 Peter 2.1-2, we read that, But false prophets also arose among the people, just as there will be also false teachers among you, who will secretly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the Master who bought them bringing swift destruction upon themselves. And this is where we must pause for today. In our next segment, we will continue to expose Satan's bait and switch gospel while contending for the unadulterated word of truth that alone can save, heal, and deliver all who will believe and receive its glorious and authentic good news. 
while there is yet time to do so. For Jesus comes quickly, and the last things are unfolding right before our very eyes. Therefore, stay stationed in his truth, beloved. And, as always, I bid you his agape. You've been listening to Love's Last Call with Evangelist Carol Ann of Agape Light Ministries. If you have a prayer request, please contact us at Agape Light Ministries, P.O. Box 6313, Chesterfield, Missouri, 63006, or via our website at www.agapelightministries.com. Again, that's www.agapelightministries.com. Dot agape light ministries dot com.